As I was saying at the beginning of the Mass, the whole church is reflecting on the Word of God. So three years ago, Pope Francis solemnly issued these words. Consequently, I hereby declare that the third Sunday in ordinary time is to be devoted to the celebration, study, and dissemination of the Word of God, the Sunday of the Word of God. And the meaning of this celebration is that we are more open to the Word of God and allow it to shape our intellects, our hearts, our emotions. In the first reading, the community of Israel is returning to their land after many years in exile. They find, when they come back, they find a devastated, devastated place. They have no temple, so no place to offer sacrifice. But they, so they go through this identity crisis. Things were not as easy as they thought they were gonna be when they were released from their captivity. A whole generation of Jews were born and grew up in Babylon. And even though they were faithful to, the, to their identity, it was a whole new and different situation now. But they did have the word of God. So they gathered and from daybreak to midday, they stand and listen to the proclamation of the law. The account tells us that the law was read by Ezra. In the presence of men, the women, and those children old enough to understand, and all the people listen attentively to the book of the law, probably Deuteronomy or Exodus. So it's moving if we can picture that situation, people coming to their land again and listening to the word of God that is proclaimed to them. They were absorbing the word of God. They were paying attention. The details are very eloquent. Ezra, the scribes, lifted the scroll, just like Robert did before all of us, so everyone could see it. The people raised their hands. We didn't make you do that today. And they said, Amen. And then they prostrated themselves before the word of God, faces to the ground. Then the law was read to them and explained. Those were long sermons. If you think mine are long, those were all, mor all morning long from daybreak to noon. And people would weep after listening to the word of God. They were moved by the word of God. This is God speaking to us in this difficult situation. They did not take it for granted that God would speak to them. You know, the book of the law had been written before these events took place, but it was proclaimed today to them in that particular circumstance. And everyone understood that those words were updated, so to say. They were coming from the living God and they were hearing them and it was actualized. Something that was written before, but it was read to them in that situation. The first part of today's gospel is also about the Word of God. It's Luke's way of explaining what he's writing. And Luke was writing inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's also the Word of God 
presenting its credentials to us. So Luke says, I have investigated all the events carefully. I have interviewed many eyewitnesses. I spoke with Peter and with the other apostles and the disciples. I traveled along with Paul. So I decided to pull all these testimonies together in an orderly way so that you might know what really happened. And as he was doing that, the Holy Spirit was inspiring him. So it's a joint work, so to say. It's the work of a human discipline to put all these things together. And also it's the work of the Holy Spirit working through all these efforts that Luke undertook. And then the gospel presents Jesus in his hometown, Nazareth, preaching in the synagogue. And the same thing happens. The scene is described in detail. He stood up to read. He unrolled the scroll, read Isaiah, rolls the scroll back, hands it to the attendant. He sits down. There's silence. The eyes of all are fixed in him. So all these details to make us pay attention to what is happening. And he says, today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus is reading the word of God somehow like Ezra did. He's proclaiming the word of God to them. And he reads this scripture with the same type of solemn reverence. Slowly. Solemnly. And people Again, listen carefully about what he's saying. But on that occasion, he goes beyond Ezra, of course, because he does not merely explain what Isaiah said, but he says, this passage that I just read is about me. In other words, when Isaiah said this, he was really speaking about me. He might have not known it. He might have referred to his own time and place, but the fulfillment of this prophecy was going to be accomplished in me. I am the anointed one. I am the Messiah. This is the time. It's happening as you are listening to this word of God. So we see the same dynamic in place. A passage of the scripture is proclaimed and it's actualized, it's updated. It's meant to speak to people there and now as they are listening to it. So we can ask these questions, brothers and sisters. How can this be possible? How can a text that is written in a particular place and time that addresses a particular set of circumstances be relevant and updated for a completely different set of circumstances? And the answer is simple. Because it is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And God who inspired those writers is alive. And those words, as they are being proclaimed, come from the living heart of God. The literal words might be ancient, but the living being who utters them through the human voice that proclaims them is alive. So when Robert or Ali or Julia are proclaiming the word of God to us today, it's not just them. God is using their voices, their throats, so to say, to proclaim his word to us. That is why, by the way, the minister of 
reading the Word of God is so important. They did a good job today. It is so important because it's God using them to speak to us today. He's alive. And we can think of a silly example, but imagine a couple that has been married for 20 years. And one day, the husband finds a love letter that he wrote to his then fiancée 21 years ago, and then decides to read it again to her. So he invites her wife for dinner, and after a cup of wine, pulls out the letter and reads it again to her. Same words, ancient words, 21 years old, but new meaning, because he's alive. They apply differently in the same way, but differently after 20 years. They're richer, they're thicker, charged with density, and they bring light and hope and joy to a whole new set of circumstances. The husband says to his wife, I mean these words today even more than 20 years ago. Same words, new meaning, deeper. Something like that happens with the Word of God when it is proclaimed to us in the liturgy. We are listening to the words that the bridegroom whispers to the bride today. He renews those words for us today. Those words are addressed to the church as a whole, as a community, and also to each one of us. It has the divine power to be actualized in our own particular individual circumstances as well, has the power to speak to us and to bring wisdom and joy and light and love to our own life. If we read and listen to the Bible with an open heart, with faith, we'll begin to interpret the events of our life in the light of the Word of God. That's why we say, your word is light and life. The Word of God becomes a shining lamp for us, a lamp that is put on high so that it can enlighten everything. Jesus did this to himself, for himself. He said he interpreted his life in the light of the prophet Isaiah. He read the Old Testament and said, he's speaking about me. And as we read or listen to the Bible, we will be able to say the same. This is for me. It's speaking to me. The Bible becomes the main source, then, to figure out our life. When we listen to the Bible and it becomes rooted in us, sufferings are not just sufferings, but crosses. Jobs are not just jobs, but missions. Friends are not just friends, but co-disciples. Diets are not diets, but fastings. Time is not just time, but there's seasons. Random events are not random events, but hints of the, of the providence of God in our lives. Life is not just life, but preparation for heaven. We gain a whole new understanding, a Bible mindset and worldview. A while ago, a student wrote to me, and I read, coming to Christ, I develop a second floor to life. The first floor is what is happening. The second floor is what it means for the kingdom of God. I feel like conversation with people in my community are most often than not 
tie back to a higher purpose, the meaning of it all. In contrast, my relationship with my outside friends, as much as the time as we spend around each other, our conversations often lack a second floor. Okay, what can we do to be more receptive to the living Word of God? So let me suggest two things. The first thing is read the Bible. Read the Bible. The more we know the Bible, the better we understand and are ready to receive the Word of God when it is proclaimed to us in the liturgy. Take the first reading, for example. One thing is to listen to it if you read the Old Testament and you're familiarized with the story of Israel and you know about what happened. Those names and those places are meaningful for you. Otherwise, you don't have context. It's difficult to pay attention or to understand. So if we read the Bible every day, one chapter a day, we will read the whole Bible in three years. It takes one chapter a day. 10 minutes at the most, every day. It's the discipline of setting apart 10 minutes to read the Bible, and in three years from now, you will be done. So it is important to have read at least once in your life the Bible cover to cover. It gives you a deeper understanding of the readings that you listen at Mass when the living God is speaking to you through it. Benedict XVI wrote once, the laity need to be trained to discern God's will through a familiarity with his word. Read and study it in the church. Familiarity with the Bible. And as you do that, disclaimer, you will find some difficult passages, for sure. Some obscure texts, difficult for us to swallow. But we don't drop the Bible because of that. We wrestle with those texts. We don't, even, we don't focus on those texts alone. We read the whole thing and we grapple with it and we come to a deeper understanding. Second piece of advice, pray with the daily readings. What we call the Lectio Divina in, in the tradition of the church. And it can take from 10 to 30 minutes every day if you want to do it. It implies to sit down and pray with the readings that are proclaimed to the church each day. The first reading, Psalm, the Gospel. We read them, we sit with them, we pray with them. Lord, what are you saying in this text? What are you trying to proclaim to us today? What is the meaning of what you are saying for my life? How do I apply this? Here I am, Lord. You respond to it, you, you pray, you use the Word of God to speak with God. The best way to do this at the same time, in my opinion, is to read the daily readings in the morning so that the Word of God will stay with you throughout that day. It will stay with you throughout the day. And at some point in the evening when you come back, you set aside 10 minutes and you read your Bible chapter. It's not much time. You need some time for sure, but it's not so much. And it, was, it will help you to grow in your, in your spiritual life a lot. And there are many resources for, I don't want to be so practical, but you know, you have the Word Among Us, you have Magnificat in your phone. It's very easy. The Word of God is chasing you almost. 
There are good podcasts. Monsignor Watkins has a podcast. Father Lucas has a podcast with Father Joseph. Mike Schmitz, to say someone who is more known, has, has a podcast. There are many ways to do this. But do it. Just do it. I want to finish with this story. Last year, one, in one of the Sunday Masses here at St. Anne's, I dropped the body of Christ to the floor as I was giving communion. It was an accident. But one of the students, seeing Jesus on the floor, began to weep. And I was edified when, when I saw her to see her, her faith. And I renew my resolution to be more careful as I'm giving communion. But it made me think also we should also weep when the living word of God is dropped. When it's offered to us and we don't even pay attention, we don't even receive it, we're distracted. So it's offered to us just as we offer the Holy Communion and we receive it with faith and that is really good. But we should also receive the word of God. It's God speaking to us. So let us be more open to the word of God. Like the people that were listening to Esdras, let us be attentive, humble, reverent. Let us prostrate ourselves before the word of God. And it would be beautiful that sometimes we would weep as we listen to it, that we would be moved and not take it from us so much for granted.